All right, welcome to Unmasked the Podcast. We are here with Ian Ransberg. Uh, Ian is uh, our Muay Thai coach, the owner, head CEO mm-hmm. <laughs> of mm-hmm. Top Level Gym, Muay Thai Boxing, and now Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's just the guy who lives at the gym. And wrestling. And wrestling. And yeah, wrestling. yeah, you got wrestling yeah. now. Shit, man. Gym's come a long way. Oh, yeah. uh, I've been here for eight years, and you only had Muay Thai boxing, boxing Muay Thai at the time. Dang. Shit. So what... Uh, you started in 99, training, right? 1999, yeah. I was, uh, I guess, from that era where there were still video stores where you went and uh, rented movies. And what? being a, a teenager, exactly, kids listening, go, go look up all the blockbuster memes, you'll get the oh. idea. But, Rip uh, blockbuster. <laughs> you know, being, I think, what, 13, 14, 15 years old, something, and then starting to see these videos that said Ultimate Fighting Championship uh, on the shelf. So I was like, okay. hey, what's this stuff? So we started watching UFCs, and of course that kicked off the whole... I want to do that stuff. And then, uh, you know, the idea, of course, initially watching, of course, Voice Gracie be successful was find a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school for me, honestly. Okay. But um, at the time, of course, the internet wasn't what it is now. So it wasn't like you could search and 8 million schools popped up. (laughs) You know, you almost had to like... There wasn't even that many schools back then. Yeah, yeah. So I finally found (laughs) one school. And honestly, Ian would just get sidetracked with like porn anyway so could have happened (laughs) 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 but i did find one school uh and it was a blue belt and an american guy teaching and even without really training yet i i kind of asked myself well how much does this guy not know being a blue belt am i going to learn potentially wrong and then have to relearn later as he's learning because he's still in the process himself and you know actually back in the day a blue belt was seen as a good thing for an instructor but i guess my mind was just more on really know what I'm doing and I just kind of questioned that and I remember flipping through the like uh, like the ads in the back of a paper and I saw this advertisement for a place called Siam Muay Thai and of course I had seen Muay Thai with UFC so I was like okay well let's give this place a call and I called and you know I want to see is this like real Muay Thai or is it some guy in American flag pants that's yeah. going to be you know <laughs> yeah. just kind of using it as a marketing scheme or whatever and uh, <laughs> Uh, my first coach actually answered the phone. He's from Thailand, so I heard the accent, and then uh, he put one of his students on to talk to me. And they said, you know, come out, give it a shot, and I figured, what the heck, so. Nice. Thus it began. So how old <laughs> were you at that time? Nineteen. Okay, okay. Because I was, for some reason, thinking you were, like, 13. You were like, well, how much does this no. blue belt know? And I'm like, what the fuck? for 13. <laughs> no, okay, I was, so I was, Yeah, about 17, 18, I really started looking. And then I just when I just turned 19, I believe, I found that, so. Were you one of those kids who liked to start fights in school? Or were you, like, more of a quiet? No, I was I was probably more of the quiet, quiet, shy type. I was a small guy. You know Hell I mean? no. So oh, yeah. I wasn't picking on Hell no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got okay. I yeah. through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So so how long did you train there then? So Siam Muay Thai, I will say, lasted until um, summer of 2003. So just over four years, I guess. And at that point, um, the owner kind of was moving on to other things. Uh, it really wasn't his primary thing anyway. Um, but uh, and at that point, uh, of course, uh, our head coach now, Métis Jadipitak, he uh, moved up to Michigan. So at that point, I was kind of like not sure what was going to happen. You know, it's like something you always had because I was at the time young and training, not teaching. So I'm in the gym six days a week up to eight hours a day sometimes through Monday through Friday and then Saturday just be like two or three hours but 
you know, I was living it. I wanted yeah. to fight. I wanted yeah. to do as much as you could do. <clears throat> and, you know, I remember going there after my team moves and being like, man, this, this is over. It's just like, what do I do now? Cause it was just like, that was my life every day. Yeah. So it was, it was a, it was a different experience. And I actually tried just getting away from everything after that. Cause big John castle, uh, who you guys know actually reopened what was called ring sports at the time in the same location, same building. Okay. Cause he had trained at Siam Muay Thai as well. And even when he first started, I didn't go there right away because, you know, I had already won a Indiana Golden Gloves boxing championship. I had already uh, fought the guy that won the IKF national championship that year and beat him in Peoria, Illinois. So, you know, I'm already, I don't want to say good, but more experienced than most of the people just starting. So I was like, man, this is going to be like a process because now I really don't have a coach in my mind because I had been training a little bit longer than Big John and, uh, you know, he's he's a big guy, six four. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and, different style. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. huge. So yeah, we're our our stylists. You know, stylistically, we were pretty different. He was more of our first coach. His style, which is more of a you know high guard, move forward, attack style, whereas I was trying to learn Métis style, which is more of a read, uh, faint you, make you miss, hit you, don't get hit backs. You know, technical, smart style. So I mean, we worked well together because. Uh, you know, students could kind of take stuff from both of us, but of course it was his gym. So he was the head coach. So, you know, I wasn't really like, uh, going out of my way to like show a different way. If he, if he asked me for like, what do you think? I'd show my way too. But like I say we, we worked well together, but, uh, it was his gym. So everything was done his way. And, you know, I had no problem with that, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of where, you know, the teaching thing started. So I kind of came back cause I was getting depressed, not being in the gym, just going yeah. from training all the time to not oh, training. for sure. I yeah. thought I could just focus on, like, I was in college at the time, just going to college, go ahead and get my degree, and then we'll, we'll go from there and see what happens. And I was like, man, I was just miserable. You what know were you what going mean? to college for? Uh, mechanical engineering. Fuck yeah. Yes. I also was doing some computer science stuff. Interesting. I didn't finish, by the way. But, uh, no, you know, I got, back in, I got back into this stuff and this stuff I took think, over. I think but, you're living a cool dream. Yeah, honestly. yeah, it's, it's working out, so I can't complain. But <laughs> did, So did you, when Métis went up to Ann Arbor, was he, it was Ann Arbor, right? It, at first it was uh, Farmington Hills. Oh, okay. But, uh, okay. yeah, it was Warrior Way. Yeah, um, okay. Because the guy that owned Warrior Way had him move up there with him. And then the final round, which is in Ann Arbor, they opened later on, I think. So, okay. Did yeah. you ever, so did you say you did go up there and train for a little bit? Or no, was uh, that never like not a- really. Um, you know, we still were in contact. We still, uh, I think we had actually, like, I saw him, uh, they did, like, a seminar down in Florida one time. It was him, Saxon, uh, Boss Root, and Maurice Smith, a few of those guys. We went down for that. That's a big um, seminar. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, we had a good time down there. So I, I still stayed in contact with him. Um, we brought him in a couple times for seminars, so I was continuing to, like, pick up his way. But uh, I'd also met uh, my my boxing coach and former partner, Wes Ramey, at that point. So I was also oh, okay. learning from him. So I kind of had a coach again, and it was nice because, you know, with his dad being in the Boxing Hall of Fame now, Wes Ramey Sr., he also had a, the, the technical style to where it was about hitting and moving, not worrying about knockout, not chasing it, just, you know, staying where you're staying ahead of the guy but not getting hurt, which is really the purpose of the arts. So his philosophy was pretty much the same. So it really, in learning with him, it actually helped me tie in what Métis was teaching me for oh, Muay Thai because all the philosophies matched, you know what I mean? Okay. So it's like, okay, I get it. So it's easier to pick up both sides of it. Yeah. You know, obviously there's a lot of differences between Western boxing and Muay Thai. 
And I mean, even now I see coaches try to blend the stuff or a lot of people think, oh, it's going to make my Muay Thai better, but it actually makes it worse sometimes yes. because they're more open to certain attacks if you, if you don't them, understand yeah. how to blend them properly, which, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people have really put the time into both arts to understand what works and what doesn't, you know, what you can get away with and what you can't versus what looks cool, you know? Yeah. So, so. so you did Golden Gloves before you met Wes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was out of the Muay Thai gym at the time, and actually uh, the guy that owned it wanted to compete in Golden Gloves. So he was like, uh, our first coach had a kind of a hand-heavy style. He'd also like to clinch, but we did a lot of punching with him. And then I, punch I, I could punch a bit. Yeah, Dr. Punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, he was like, man, do you want to go to this gym with me and uh, try out for the Golden Gloves? So we uh, went over to uh, Riverside, which was uh, Sarge Johnson at the time. I don't believe that school's still active. I think they moved to a different location. But yeah, we uh, we went over there and <laughs> funny experience, you know. So <laughs> we, we, weren't <laughs> we weren't the usual crowd. You could tell when we walked in. <laughs> It was one of those movie moments where it was like we opened the door. It was like everybody stops and says, "What are these guys doing here?" It was, uh, yeah, I remember laughing about that later. But uh, yeah, so they had both of us spar, um, and uh, you know, I sparred pretty well. So they said, "Yeah, we will. We'll have you fight for us in the gloves." And uh, yeah, so I met up with them. I think we trained about two weeks before the gloves. You know, I went over there probably. I'd still train Muay Thai, I think, in the afternoons, and then I'd go over there in the evenings. I don't remember if it was three or five days a week, you know, just to uh, work with him a little bit, you know. And then uh, then we went to the gloves, and I remember it was definitely a different experience because I didn't really know those guys, like, on a personal level yet, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I remember, uh, you know, it was more of an inner-city gym, and I'm out there, you know, waiting for the fights to start, wearing khakis and a button-up flannel, you know yeah, what I mean? So it's like... <laughs> You know, I'm kind of just sitting by myself, and I remember the the coach and the kid I was going to fight, they walked over to us, um, and probably because, you know, my name wasn't the usual kind of name you probably saw from that gym, you know what I mean? It's okay to say you were the only white guy there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, yeah, they were like, well, who's this kid? And I remember the kid already had a Golden Gloves champion jacket on, so he had won it, the, I'm guessing, the previous year. But uh, I remember they saw me in my khakis, my button up, uh -huh. all clean cut, and we're like, oh, okay, this is going to be an easy night. So I was thinking, okay, son's a, you know what? It's like, we'll find out. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I ended up uh, winning a first round knockout. So it was the finals of the oh, fight. Wow. So yeah, I, uh, I remember he had a Roy Jones's, Roy Jones's, Roy Jones's style where he had the lead hand low. And I remember coming out with a high guard and the guy threw some punches. I caught his combo. And I remember, like, you know, checking on the mistake in my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jab that hand and see what he does in terms of his defense. And he tried to use that lead hand to catch my jab. So I knew that his face was mm -hmm. open. So I came right back and dipped down low and fainted it. And then I immediately just shot the right hand over the top and smoked him, dropped him right away. First punch. He comes up. I come in and faint right at him again. He tries to, of course, get even. You know, he was, you know, he had some heart. He tried to come back, so I kind of stepped back. Then I immediately remember in that two weeks of that gym, one of the older coaches, I believe his name was Mr. Beeman, taught me, you know, if somebody's making a mistake, they're going to make it all night, you know, because they're not going to fix it in the fight. So I remember, okay, I'm going to try the same thing. So I did the same drop faint. He reacted the same. I hit him with another right hand. He went down again, barely got up. Referee waved it off. So it was first-round stoppage. And then all the guys from the team liked me. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh this guy's on a punch. So okay, cool. Yeah. I know they, they got a team trophy that year. I don't remember if it was first, second, or third, but I remember being in the picture. I never got a copy. I wish I would have. So. 
Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's really cool. So, okay, can I ask you a personal question? Absolutely. What? <laughs> Not like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, like... Was your family really supportive? Did they come to your fights? Like, did they? So, were they in, in a word, in a word, no. Okay. So my oh, parents, okay. same. Are, my okay. parents are both college graduates. Okay. Education first. So I didn't even tell them I was going going to Golden Gloves. Oh. I, I lied to them. <laughs> you know, Wait, like I'm going to a chess match. I'll I was, like, back I was like, hey, I'm, I remember something like, hey, I'm gonna go hang out with friends for a while. I'll talk to you later. And then I came back with my Golden Gloves champion jacket. I was like, I won. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's something, of course, over the years, they supported more, uh, you know, my, my mom, her dad was really into boxing. Um, her brother actually boxed in the Navy. She used to watch fights with him, but it, it obviously wasn't something they wanted me to do, per se. Yeah, so, okay, uh, it's, okay. You know, it's okay for anybody else to, to do it. To not not their bases. baby. Yeah, training yeah. was okay. Fighting, they weren't as, as interested in, but yeah. it's, it's okay. You know, yeah. we all walk our own path, so. <laughs> yeah. I think, too, like, parents, they, you know, to quote, famous rappers they just don't understand (laughs) (laughs) so i mean you know i try to tell my mom like oh i leveled up today or oh this is really important and they're just like good job and they're like no i need you to be way more excited than that because you don't understand how hard this is and that's so interesting no that that was definitely uh something that was difficult for me at first and and for a while actually kind of put a i'm gonna say like a a wall between where I wanted to go with everything yeah. because I wanted to make them happy. But at yes. the same time, it was like, obviously, I had my own life, my own way of thinking. And I'm, you're I'm an, my own person. You're an only so. child, right? Yeah. So all of it rests on your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I totally so I, get it. I think they're pretty used to being disappointed now, so it's okay. Honestly, I'm really <laughs> used to disappointing my family now, so I feel like we're at a mutual you well, know, thing. I'm, I'm one of three, so <laughs> I feel like, at least in my mother, it's like, you know, I just got to be better than one of them. <laughs> so I think they they have a lot to be proud of. I mean, you, you own your own business. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Now of course you know they're okay with it, and everything you know, is what it is at this point. You, you did what you wanted to do in the sport, but now you, now you're a coach. You're successful. You're on your own place. Like how long you've had the gym? You know. Uh, yeah, it's been what. I mean, I've been here for eight years, years. Before we were this spot, there's about a year or two that we technically owned it. So it's been about. 11 or 12 years now. Yeah. So. That's a hell of a good time, especially yeah. through all this year. Holy oh, yeah. shit, yeah. yeah. This year's been oh, shit, you know? Been, so the fact it's that been it's rough. still yeah. up and going, you know, the lights are still on. Oh, The yeah. heat's never on, but, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Monday I had to... I had to the first two rounds of shadow box, I had to have my hoodie and my pants and Did everything. <laughs> oh my fucking god! When I was hitting pads with Jamie, my toes would hit, or like my foot would hit, and my toes would—I think they broke off at that point. They were so cold. It was so cold. I try to set a sixty-eight because once people start getting in here, yeah. then it gets oh really yeah, hot. then it gets really hot. But if yeah. you set it higher than that, then it's like, oh my gosh, it's yeah, just it's miserable. Yeah, for sure. yeah. It's hard to find that balance. Yeah, well, especially because the way this weather's been so much. Yeah, up and down this week. It was 60 yesterday. I know. What the fuck is that? I know. <laughs> um, so t- kind of going back to like your balance between boxing and Muay Thai, how did you then, tr- like what kind of Muay Thai did you do after that? 
So like how did you get into that then? So Even after more. after I was doing boxing, or yeah. Like, so like with Métis, yes. Well, with Métis, his style, like I, I one thing I realized because with Sim, like I said, I beat the IKF national champ, and he was a guy that. Okay, had, explain that because I feel like I'm I'm new enough to be like I don't know what the fuck that so is. So IKF, or, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> IKF was at the time what you would consider the TBA. Oh, okay. So okay. it was it was probably one of the bigger Muay Thai tournaments early two thousands because TBA I don't think was even having fights yet. No, I don't know okay. if they were a thing yet. So if you if you won the IKF, Big John won it twice. That was like the tournament for amateurs, I believe, kind of okay. at the time. Okay. So so this guy had won that, um, and he trained with uh, I think out of uh, what was called Petnoy at the time, which was Duke Rufus's gym up in uh, Milwaukee. Oh, okay. But the actual head coach there was a uh, Kongnapa. And he was a Rajasthan Dominator Stadium champion. Oh, Kornopal. Yeah. yeah. I so, did a seminar with him one time. Yeah. So he was actually the coach up there. So, okay. Uh, you know, the, the guys was training with him. And then uh, I think he ended up leaving with another one of the students and was, uh, they were training, you know, at a different place. But uh, yeah, I fought him for uh, out there in uh, Peoria, that poster over there with uh, Big John Vitali. Okay. So yeah, that was, uh, that was not fun. Speaking of, you know, weight cuts, I had to cut. <laughs> We were speaking I, of weight cuts. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. earlier, going from one twenty eight to one twenty two, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I was usually fighting at twenty six and obviously training eight hours a day. You're yeah, I was like, there's not a lot and to ripped. cut. Yeah, I was. There's not a lot to cut. It was muscle. Yeah. So, and not only that, this is in June. It's right next to the river, so it was like about a hundred degrees, humid. Yeah. And I've we weighed in at ten. The first fight, which was me, because I'm light, was at noon. So I got to eat like a few pieces of salad, you oh, know what I mean, just nice. before. So it was not a fun day, but oh, we got shit. through it. <laughs> oh, man. That's so was that at the memories. IKF then, or was that? <laughs> no, this, uh, he won the IKF. This was after. It was just like a show they were doing. Just an exhibition but, yeah, okay. yeah. It, it was a fight. It wasn't really an exhibition. They had judges and everything. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a whole card. Um, but, uh, yeah. IKF's still around, though, right? Didn't, didn't they are. But, uh, yeah, we did. And, man, it's, it's not... It's funny now when you go. It's really not Muay Thai. It's to me, you know. It's uh, a lot of the judges you can tell are from the more traditional background. Because um, even at the fighters' meeting, it was, you know, guys kind of promoting each other to certain belts and like, you know, patting each other on the back, which is, you know, it's cool. It's respectable. These guys are li- lifelong martial artists, but it's just not Muay Thai. You know what I mean? And then even the scoring. To me, like, because uh, Vaughn, the guy, I thought the punching and kicking was pretty even. He lost down there. But he, when he was clinching, he was landing all the knees, you know, to where mm, I'm yeah. thinking, okay, we won that, no problem. <clears throat> and they announced the other guy the winner. The winner, I was like, um, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> what the but, How do you then, like, because I feel like we've had this conversation before where you're like, that's not traditional Muay Thai. That's not, you know, real Muay Thai, which is totally respectable. But then how do you as a coach prepare other to prepare to prepare us for stuff like that this is a good question and you know some of you guys that have been to some of these fights the the big thing that's always the challenge is every year we go out there wherever it is as you show up to the fighters they tell you the new rules and it's like it's really fun it's it's basically like improv yeah exactly which which you know fortunately now i've got enough experience where it's like okay just do this and this Mm -hmm. but you know when you've been trained in one way obviously and you get comfortable doing something it's like okay now what do we do i think i find it more so in the clench than anywhere else you know that i don't feel like they're you know changing a bunch of rules on like you know 
punching or kicking, but when yeah, it comes yeah. to no, punching no and door sweeping stops, no and, bear hugs. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Don't and it's name like, in the ass. <laughs> whatever. What the fuck? That's my whole game. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's my go-to. Yeah, so I mean, it, it does change the game because it's a different distance that you pull from. You have to kind of step in a little more and get the knees involved with blocking their legs a little bit, you know, or, or obviously time them if they're really committing to moving forward, but... Yeah, it, it changes it enough that, like I said, for me, it's like, it's easy because I've been doing it long enough, but, okay. but for you guys, I know it's like, man, that's, it's enough of a change where it's like, if they would have emailed us three months ago right. and we could have drilled for that time frame and just made that, because it's a small change, but just practicing it to where I feel right. comfortable, that could have been the difference between like, not worrying about is this legal or not, because right. even, uh, you'll probably remember who, one of the fighters hit a good doorstop sweep that first year and then the ref says, hey, don't do that. That was a good sweep though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because yeah, i know it's like it's almost like okay we'll make your doorstop look like a kick as long as it looks like a kick then or, they yeah. can't or if you just you make or... your corners yell oa yeah no matter exactly. how much they're actually getting hit exactly you know like i think one of the fights the knees weren't even touching our, yeah. our fighter they were just going up straight and they were like oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and then they scored it for him like what the fuck is this yeah shit? yeah you, you hope that you know eventually you know these judges put enough time in and really understanding to, to understand what's a real score and what's not, yeah. you know, you know, and that's got to be done obviously outside of right, you know, an hour before the fights where, Hey guys, if you see this, this is this, they need to have probably clinics that these guys need to go to. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm going to say once a year at least, which isn't probably enough, but it's better than nothing. You know I mean, what? I think they say the same thing for any judge. You know yeah. what though? I mean, like UFC fighters will complain about that's the judging what I was gonna system. Say. Well, and that's a and professional that's the, where judges right. are being paid. And that's the biggest organization right exactly. now in America. And, and now we're dealing with volunteers, of course. So right. it's like, I'm sure they're trying their best. They just probably Absolutely. don't have that understanding yeah. yet. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's judges that have never even and he, fought or anything like that. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. That 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 boggles my mind because I can't imagine judging something where I've never participated in. You know, if yeah. I suddenly had to be judging, you know, figure skating, I'd be fucked. Yeah. You know, everyone looks great out there. I don't know. Are yeah. they not falling? Great. Yeah, and, the, and and I think always the headache is, you know, because now they've even been telling us like that if the shot looks like a solid shot versus just kind of touching which one scores or like, you know, if it looks like a solid hit, yeah. that's a good point. But if it looks just like quick, it doesn't score. Yeah. But sometimes those quick shots when you're not expecting it yep. are actually more effective. You know, like, yeah. like a, like they say, a knockout punch, the quick punch you don't see coming yeah. doesn't always look like a hard shot. Like even when Will won the belt and knocked the guy out, he came up to me and was like, coach, I, I barely hit him. <laughs> I was like, I've been telling you that. But, you know, if I'm not loading up and, like, tagging a guy, if they're not scoring that for him, if you wouldn't have knocked him out, what do you want? You know what I mean? Do you yeah. think that then that kind of favors more of a aggressive style? Which I, then absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that's, that's where it's like, you know, that's where you have to find the balance of, you know, hey, guys, if I'm making the guy miss constantly and adding up shots, if they're landing clean, you know, versus like, okay, I understand if they block it with the shin or the arm or whatever, and it, you don't feel like it landed clean. But if it's hitting ribs, if it's hitting the leg cleanly and they're not defending, you know, that's going to add up over the course of yeah. so many rounds or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? And sure. they have to have that understanding where, you know, it just because it doesn't look like a big shot, you know, it's not a movie, you know, where you have right. to load up yeah. and then it, then it's real. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you've been to at least one boxing class, like exactly. how many times are you told, don't load your shots? Exactly. You know, exactly. So, so it's weird that that would be then the, you know, be all end all to something that yeah. would score you. Because yeah. I've seen, it's, it's interesting to watch 
you know, like MMA versus Muay Thai in the stand-up different, you know. Oh, yeah. What stuff you get away with with the little gloves, and sometimes they do load up those shots and still land them, yeah, you know, because yeah. they're maybe they're ducking for a, a takedown or something, and they take a knee or something, or I don't know. It's, exactly. It's, so hmm. you trained then, okay, so you... Went to the IKA, is that what it's called? IKA, yeah. Okay. No, I didn't okay. go there. He, didn't go. Didn't go. he, he, he beat, beat the guy that won it. the guy that won it. that. Yeah. Okay. So then how does that tie into Métis? So uh, Métis, I didn't actually train with until after that. So okay. that, that's where I'm already thinking in my mind, I must be doing good. Okay. Because I, I beat a kid that won that, and he's tie train. You know, and this is, you know, my knowledge at the time. Of course, you're, you can only go off of what you know. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, and then Métis comes... Um, his flight actually got delayed because of the 2001 uh, tower attacks. Because oh, he was oh, supposed to come shit. in, and they got delayed. Every, all the flights got shut down. Yeah. So he and the owner got stuck for a while. Well, then, you know, he comes over, and I remember the first time watching him hit the bags. It looked like if you had a how-to on how to do things perfect in a book, and it was just coming to life on a, on, on a bag, and it looked just beautiful. Everything was perfect. I was like... I want to do it like that, you know. It was just so different. Okay. You can see it right away. So you see, you found him then versus him finding you. Yeah, I was already okay. at the gym. So when he came over, he didn't speak any English. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, okay, this is gonna be interesting. But uh, yeah, so we had a talking dictionary where we would translate back and forth yes. on to understand. Yes. You no know, Google but, Translate. How yeah. did you survive? I know, man. <laughs> I know. Oh, many errors were made. Let's <laughs> just be clear. Yes, absolutely. They expect your relationship now. <laughs> yeah, we got a little bit close. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, it, 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 it's interesting because, like, you know, you talk about how he hit the bag and things, did things prepare, you know, compared to other people and stuff. It's like uh, levels. Well, yeah, things. absolutely. And, and going back to that power thing, I remember, like, so my first coach had a lot of power. Everything okay. was power. Everything. So that then, and to me, over time, you start realizing that's the difference between somebody that's world class or somebody that does the art. People that do the art, they know the techniques. They know how to punch. They know how to kick. They know how to knee. They know how to elbow. They know how to choke, whatever. You know what I mean? They know how to arm bar. But the guys that can apply it to anybody at the highest level, that's where you see the difference on who's at this level versus down here at this level. You know what I mean? And my first coach... <laughs> was power but okay. you could see it coming you knew if you blocked it you knew if it hit you it was going to hurt but mentally your eyes would tell your brain oh shit here it comes so get ready to okay. defend you know and then you know you got tougher 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 but it was always back and forth with Métis everything was so smooth it was really fast and I was like he threw a kick and I flinched for a second and he stopped it right by my head oh shit and I was like I learned right then I was like okay the difference between stand up the world class fighters is speed because I couldn't see that shot coming, that would have knocked me out. The hard shot I can see coming, I know it's going to hurt, but I can block it, sometimes I can move. That was like a wake-up call to where, by the time I realized what was happening, it had been too late. Do you, okay, so then, is speed equated to technique, or is it, did he, was he able to train his body to do that? I think uh, I think a lot of it's technique okay. as you get better because I think at first and 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 that's the one of the things that I think that happens over here is people start later in life because it's more of a hobby than you know obviously in Thailand a way of kids living. are putting yeah yeah, yeah you put the gym <laughs> young before you really have any strength yeah. so you drill the technique to where you just do it properly all the time okay. then even when you get the strength you're still going to do it right okay. like I always try to like tell people when they start here 
like I'll use the analogy, do you know how to type? Because everybody types nowadays on the keyboard for computers. And they'll type, oh, I can do 90 words a minute. And they'll type really fast. I was like, you know, do you go lift and then come back and start like just Hulk smashing the keyboard and expect <laughs> there to be a sentence there? No. You type the same because, you know, you don't change how you type just because you're lifting. People will come into striking, though, and try to apply power to the striking mm-hmm. instead of using the technique. You know what I mean? Oh, so they throw themselves that. off, I believe, by trying to do things harder. And, and you know, the, you know they'll leave themselves more off balance. They reset yeah. slower yeah. to where if I got a guy or a heavy bag, you know, it feels great because I'm hitting it hard. The oh, bag yeah. swings a lot. Oh, or if I have an opponent that just stands there with his hands up and you can hit him, it's one thing. But if they move a little bit and you miss and you're off balance, now you get countered. Okay. You know, so as you go up in levels, you start seeing, I can't do that all the time. Right. Because now the people see that, they see the load up, they see the muscle twitching before I even hit, and they're already out of the way. You yes. know what I mean? So it's it works against them in, in the long run. So it's almost like they have to unlearn using strength to do the technique. And then when you do the technique right, if you're lifting too, you don't change the way you strike. If your body gets stronger, you still just do things do right. Thing. But you're not okay. trying to force it. You know what I mean? I get it. Okay. I like that analogy because I think, yeah, for Easy sure. For people I mean, to understand here. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Not all of us are training to be, you know, 90, engineer. 98% of the people on, on, at least in America, don't yeah. do Yeah, and it takes time, you know what I mean? And, and I think the worst thing is, you know, a little bit ego, but also like doing things wrong to where if, if you have, and, I'll, and just a good example is like, uh, you know, my first coach, we all trained the same way. It was all power. So if I, if I did something against one of those guys, like, so even clinching, for example, all we would do is go for the head to pull it down, Yeah. you know, and, and you see that with a lot of, I'm going to say beginners, but if you watch like high level ties, they almost never have the head clinch because everybody knows how to defend, yeah. they know how to get out, they know how to balance you. Everybody would fight for that, but nobody knew like proper ways really of how to sweep or take advantage if you got off balance. So it would just be a constant muscle swim in try to fight for the neck and whoever got tired first whoever got inside first won well then you start seeing guys are getting on their toes and off balance boom you dump easy yes you know what yeah. I mean? so if everybody's making the same mistake or if all my training partners just stand right in front of me where i can throw power shots and hit them and it works i feel good but i don't see like the next level to where well what if these guys move a little bit or what if they make me miss where am i am i on balance can i defend too you know and that's where you start seeing the levels to the game. Do you think that also comes into play with, like, the type of person? I mean, you know, a Thai person is not necessarily going to be as tall or as thick, I suppose, as, you know, your average American it, it can, German brand. The, the thing, though, with that is, uh, you know, that, that does, I think, can make a difference mentally. But the thing you got to think about is, You know, like I always try to tell guys, you know, because we've got some guys in here that'll be tall and they'll try to use that size against them. But it's like, you know, say you're sparring with a guy 30 pounds lighter, you're not going to fight a guy 30 pounds lighter. Right. So what happens if you fight a guy with the same reach, the same, you know, skill set and and body type and everything you have, is it still going to work? Right. And that's the difference between, I think, being able to do it right and knowing how to adapt your game. A great example was uh, Vitaly Klitschko, the heavyweight champion boxer. Uh, or Vladimir, I should say. Vladimir. Uh, Vitaly was his brother. Vladimir <laughs> was champion for years. Okay. And his whole style was using the jab and, you know, against the shorter guys because he was 6'7 versus ah. most guys being 6'3. Okay. And then when they would try to get in, he'd hit a shot and then he'd smother him. Well, then they'd go back to the outside and he'd just put the jab on him again. A lot of people thought it was boring, but he won and won and won and won and won. Well, then he fought Tyson Fury, who's 6'9. 
taller than him, and all of a sudden when he's jabbing, this guy can hit him too, and you can see it just threw his game all the way off. Because here's a guy taller, and a guy that had 60 fights didn't know how to adapt his game and change to a guy that had, you know, when the scenario got reversed and he had the the height and reach over him, what to do. He he started getting a little bit more confident in the later rounds and knew he had to go for it and had a little bit of success, but it was too late and he lost. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is, you know, I try to teach people – you know, even guys in here, if, if they have a natural athleticism or whatever it may be, you might get away with it in here because some people are just here as a hobby. You know, right, some yeah. people aren't really fighters. Yeah. Maybe some guys can only train two days a week versus you're in here six, so you're always in better shape. But if you're fighting a guy that, let's say, he ends up being exactly you, but he's training three times harder, he's in here, he's in his gym six days a week, when we meet him... Are you going to be able to, you know, do what you need to do to win? Or are you going to be like, I ran out of answers because I'm only believing in what I know works against guys at this level. And that's yeah. where I want guys to learn how to do it at the highest level because then anything that is downhill from that, you should be able to apply that strategy to, you know what I mean, and make it work. Do you think, so I know, kind of sidetracking, but one of my, um, I can't remember who it was, uh, was one of my former students had talked about how unfair show choir is because guys get in so easily and blah 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 blah. I said it's the same except reverse in fighting because girls tend to level up faster at the UFC level. I guess we kind of talked about that. They, do you think that there's it's less pool? There is exactly. exactly. So do you think that when girls come in here and they're fighting very big guys, do you think that they're able to then? apply what they know to girls or is it do you think it's significantly different i wouldn't say significantly different you know it depends on the girl too i've seen girls in gyms that were treated like one of the guys and and they got tough and they fought back just as hard obviously at a strength for strength level could they match the guys if they were fighters no but if they learn how to play the game technically and move at the right time and that's where, you know, Métis always told me, you fight with your mind, not with your body. Okay. So if you change it to really understanding the game and still can make those guys miss, can trick them, can you do it, you know, just as well to where you can apply that game against other females? Okay. Absolutely. Um, the, the biggest challenge, of course, is going to be, you know, and in here I try to teach people based on their their skill set. So, like, Vaughn obviously is what we call him, Moy Cow. He likes to knee, walk forward. <laughs> Whereas, you know, my style is more female, where it's technician. Okay. You know, Vaughn doesn't have my style at all, yeah. you know. But, you know, he he's tall for his weight class. That's what I was going to say. I was like, he's, he's so tall. He weighs he less than him. me. He's five inches taller. Exactly. And he's got the mentality in the heart of I want to fight versus I want to outsmart you. You know what I mean? Okay. So I, I teach people more for their ability, you know, versus like I want everybody to do it how I do it. You know what I mean? Because not everybody can do that because – I've had guys, you know, I've, I'll give you an example of one of the boxers that's been here forever. Uh, he's a pro. It's like, man, like I told you in that Golden Gloves fight, I saw the guy's hand low. I checked to see if he kept it low to read. And then I, you know, took advantage of that and won the fight. And some people with way more fights still can't, you know, read and make those adjustments. So it's like not everybody has the same ability. You know what I mean? Okay. So I try to teach the girls, you know, the way I would do it, you know, but also based on their skill set. But, you know, depending on who their sparring partners are, we might not have a person that throws a ton of punches in our Muay Thai here. 
So if they fight girls that are like more of like I'm gonna say like a kickboxing background where they do more punch and kick, yeah. how to deal with that you have to learn, and then getting people to uh, you know spar with them the right way to not over hit them, but teach them okay when they're punching, how do I deal with it from different distances to either take away their attacks with you know teeps or sweeping or to block and step in and clinch to smother it or tie up their arms, and so I can use knees and dumps where they can't use their weapon, take away their weapon. Okay. You know, they have to learn how to do that. But, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to do in here because mm-hmm. not everybody will have that style they're sparring with, you yes. know. So, and, and, and you never know, just reading somebody's name on, they're in your division, how they fight. No, you know I mean? yeah, you, you really do times. have to do that in the especially, first round. <laughs> the yeah. first 30 seconds. Especially now, <laughs> well, I mean, how many Muay Thai fights, tournaments are even out this way, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard you, to find anybody you, you know because unless you're – Unless you're a pro and you've you know just been around the block and you know maybe you're maybe you're traveling out you know the amateur people you don't know any of them exactly nobody's got exactly. a name unless yeah. unless it's like you yeah, know certain gyms obviously we know but like unless it's MMA in the Midwest which yeah, is yeah, it's exactly. not real big out here but <laughs> exactly. it's bigger than Muay Thai you know you just don't know anybody or what their gym you know or. Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, uh, jiu-jitsu school is a little easier to figure out. You watch the coach, you go, okay, leg lock school or takedown school, or you know. But yeah. I don't. I know of two Muay Thai schools, and really, this is the the only legit one. <laughs> and and that's the idea. Where even like when I teach you guys fundamentals, like hitting, and then when we finish the combo, just moving out of range a little yeah. bit, just so even though you don't know why you're doing it yet, you're making the habit of not just standing still to be a hit back. So then if you do fight, there's a little bit of a natural, I'm getting out of range to where if they are charging or coming at you, it's like, oh, I need to move or, oh, I need to block. And then obviously, as you spar more, fight more, see more, of course, we can continue to learn, adapt, add to the game based on what are you comfortable with versus yeah. not, you know. I will say go ahead. Uh, Wednesday when we sparred, I sparred with people my height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the first times, like other yeah. than sparring with her. That I actually like, oh shit, like people I can reach and like that aren't just like running 10 feet away from me. And most people I get are, you know, like like Josh, he's what, 5'7 or 5'9 or something like that. Probably, know? yeah, he's taller than me, I'm sure. I know, so, I'm like, <laughs> Josh. So, and his teeps. So <laughs> actually, him and I had really good rounds. He was the closest person to my level that night. But the other, you know, guys, they were, it was kind of cool, you know, it was like, oh, okay, cool. People that haven't done it too much, I can, it was easier to read. You know, and make them make mistakes and make them stop and wonder yeah. what the hell I'm doing for once. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The process works. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's why it's good. You have to have people your level, people better than you, and people newer than you. Yes. So you can, you know, constantly, here's my A game. Here's what I can do against the people better than me. Okay, here's the newer people. I can start trying things out. And once I start feeling comfortable, because if I make a mistake, I know I can get out of range still or yeah. defend still. And I'm not really going to get punished because they're not – quite good enough yet to take advantage of it but i can go oh i know i messed up but fortunately they didn't have to hit me to let me know you know yeah and then you get yeah. good with it or comfortable now you can apply it to people your level and then it's like okay now i got it now you can do it against anybody so yeah, yeah. i mean i definitely think that's how my jiu-jitsu game works for sure it's the same. <laughs> like i learned something and then murder a bunch of white well, it's the same idea <laughs> yeah, it all applies i mean because like i said there's levels to all of it you oh, gotta yeah. spar with people that you're way better than people your level they're going to push you and people that murder you yeah because you learn okay. in every every aspect there's another thing you were talking about the boxers doing boxing things in Muay Thai one of the kids and I, I had to stop him after the first I was like bro 
yeah. quit dipping back like that. Because yeah. every time he dip back, he come forward, he meet a right hand or he meet a kick, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Know? A lot of people think they're gonna slip and counter, but like uh, I know, like uh, Gaston Bolanos, like he knocked a lot of people out with spinning elbows because he'd show a jab and they'd try to slip it and he'd spin right around, yeah. and smack them in the face. That dude's leaning down and forward or uh, like. Uh, I think I shared the video the other day on Instagram of the guy getting head kicked. It was just the clip, but uh, the, the Joe Nadawat was slipping outside of the right hand, and he was doing that all night, round after round. And I remember watching the fight live and go, man, he better move a different way or change up, you know, sometimes block, sometimes move left, sometimes, you know, whatever, or teep, or he's going to get knocked out. And, of course, the guy faked, and then he knew he was going to lean into it, head kicked yeah. him, knocked him out. I was like, man. Crushed. That was yeah. something that I had to find out really fast because I was like I keep slipping to the right and I need to like go a different direction <laughs> because yeah. if I keep doing this they will eventually read exactly. but I, I think yeah adaptability is so crucial yeah. to stand up See, yeah. mine's, it's so crucial mine is like the opposite when I, when I fight with boxers because <laughs> fuck man <laughs> but it's just a different game you know I'm not I use my hands instead of my kicks. Yeah. So when I had no kicks, I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or when we're just boxing and I go, I can't promise that I'm not going to throw a kick. I'm she'll actually, she'll it. like raise yes. a knee up or something. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> or she'll step you, out to the side and leg kick me. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> for complimentary, because I know we ta- you talked about this earlier, is finding that balance between, you know, um, boxing versus Muay Thai. How do you like to blend them like what do you really take away from boxing to so throw into your for, for me really um it, it depends on the per- person's like kind of naturally apt to punch but for me it's about being quick with punches and and maybe they'll do a little bit more combinations but sometimes that also will depend on the opponent you know what mm-hmm. i mean on how well they are at like because if i'm going to throw one or two punches versus three four or five punches I'm, i might be i might be staying in place longer so how does the opponent counter? You know, do they okay. try to step in and grab you? Do they try to teep you or kick kick your lead leg out to make you off balance? You know what I mean? Versus are they covered up to where you can do things that bother them and you recognize that they're bothered and just covering to where they create an opening for a knee, a kick, or something else, or another punch, like, you know, wh- whatever the opening is. So it's like you have to you always have to like it's always a chess match. You always have to check this person and see how they react to it. You okay. know what I mean? If if I see like Okay, maybe I touch two jabs quick and get out of range, you know, so if they're trying to counter me, I see, okay, are you trying to counter right kick? Okay, so now I can touch the jab. Maybe I'm going to catch that leg and dump him if it's going to the body. Maybe I'm going to feign it, make him miss the kick altogether, then counter with the kick because he's open. Or they just cover up because they're not comfortable getting punched because maybe their gym doesn't train like that. You know, maybe they're more kick game or something. Yeah. So then I'm going to see, okay, how do they react? And now what can I do? What does it open up, really? Okay. So we kind of talked about like your stand-up game. So what happened to your jujitsu game? I'm still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only a blue belt, so it's really there's no game yet. You know, it's it's a it's a process of you got a, th- a few things you like to do, a hundred things you're trying to learn, and oh, you're trying Jesus. to figure out. Okay, obviously, I know I need to focus on getting good in just a few areas until I'm really good in them, and then maybe later on. You know, you get to the point where you really understand the game, then you can always add to your game at that point. But I'm, you know, just trying to figure out kind of what works for you at this point and go from there. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I found that with, with my jiu-jitsu, and I think a lot of people attest to this, that at a white belt, you'll do a couple of things. And then a blue belt, you'll throw those things out and do a couple of different things. 
and then at Purple Belt, you threw those things out, you do a couple different things. You know, because I, I used to play Spider Guard at White Belt. Yeah. Which is not a short guy game <laughs> at all. Spider Guard, Daily Hiva. That was it. And then I went Blue Belt, I was like Half Guard. Which I still play Half Guard a lot. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, I've, I did like three things in Half Guard. Now I do a few more things in Half Guard. So I added to it, you know, but, uh, my game from white belt to purple belt now, especially, is just like way different than yeah. what it used to be, which is kind of cool. It's interesting to see like where you started versus what you're doing now, and yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, there's obviously so so I was fortunate enough to uh, you know uh, there's a guy named Mike Arif, uh, his nickname was Joker, who used to be a, he was a doctor in India and used to come do privates with me in Muay Thai, and he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu under Jack McVicker. So he actually introduced us. And I was fortunate enough to obviously meet Jack and we're really good friends now and train with him. And of course, Jack has won every tournament there is yeah. in the Masters. Still know. still competing to yeah. He's yeah. in his 40s, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think he got like the silver in the Brazilian Nationals or whatever that, that oh, world was back then. You know, and, and I'm sure the Brazilians just loved that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he likes to be on the same team. But uh, I mean, even now, like you know, he he wins the Asian Open usually, the European. He he goes to Brazil and wins down there. He wins the Pans. Yeah, and, and he's a full time coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's he's a stud. Um, you know, under Megaton Diaz, who is Mackenzie Dern's father. Mm-hmm. She fights tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and and he trained. You know, he's got great stories of training with like. Obviously, with Hoyler Gracie, who Megaton's a black belt under, and like the Salo and his brother back in the day, Johnji. And he's out in Terre Haute. Yeah. The most like trashiest town ever. He's got a school out there. (laughs) Exactly. He's a killer. (laughs) But obviously, he's got a proven competition game, and, you know, Megaton wins everything in the Masters. And, you know, Hoyler's a multiple time world champion, too. So what he was showing me, obviously, I'm trying to make that work because I know it works, and being a Masters division competitor eventually potentially you know i'm trying to like uh, that was a lot of yeah <laughs> but, uh, but uh, eventually, just, eventually. Just trying to get to where okay for me it's like i'm trying to focus on instead of changing what i'm learning taking those things that i know work but once i get to the next level like okay i open the guard now how do i get to the next step okay now i'm at the next step now i'm kind of getting stuck here okay what are my options here and then learning like okay here's my options here but also if i do this I'm limiting this guy to these options, which means I don't have to worry about these things, you know, instead of all these things. Yeah. So I'm trying to like just get that flow of the style, you know, because I think he even told me at one point, you know, back years ago when when like half guard and like the the deep half type of games were getting real popular, he said he did a private with Hoyler. He's like, man, you know, uh, I want to learn. I want to learn this game. And Hoyler was like, you know what? We can take five years for you to actually learn this game and how to get really good at it, or we can spend six months on taking your game and shutting that game down. So it's like, ah, oh, okay. You know, so I was like, that's an interesting concept because I teach a lot of things like the same way in stand-up because even Vaughn was talking to me. He's like, man, I need to get better at my boxing. It's like, you know what? We can we can spend, you know, because his boxing's not where I would like it. We could spend quite a bit of time getting you to learn how to box, to do things right, to fix mistakes, or we could take the game you have now with your height and reach and how do I stay outside and use my kicks to shut that down? Then if they try to smother, go right into your clinch, which you like, and not really have to be a boxer or mm. be able to match this guy's skill level and maybe take away his best weapon at the same time by using yeah. your strengths. So it's like, that makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's, that's another thing that I liked about 
Jack and his style is the philosophy and the way it flows is the same way I do my stand-up. So yeah. it just like clicked with me. So yeah. I was really happy that, you know, we were able to meet and gain that friendship. And of course, now we've got, you know, Rob Lewis in here, who's a black belt under Jack. So it has the same style, same yeah. philosophy. So it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I've heard a lot of good things about Rob. Yeah, yeah for sure. Everybody, everybody says kid. they really like him. I say kid because I'm old, but. <laughs> well, you are a drinkable, man. <laughs> you, don't, you don't look old. <laughs> when, when I first started, you know, I was, let's see, 26. And I was like, I, I remember telling people, oh, yeah, 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 he's like two years older than me. Go <laughs> <laughs> with that. Just still tell everybody you're 26. Right. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. I was like, he's not that much older than me. Yeah. Uh, then, I think at the time, let's see, you're six years. Yeah. Don't try to do yeah. that. So, let's not. So yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm what do what do you guys have jujitsu in here? So right now we're doing a. Tuesday night, we do the gi from 7 to 8, and he does the open matter rolling from 8 to 9. Um, Thursday, he does the no gi, same, same time, 7 to 8, 8 to 9. And Saturday, he does from 12 to 2. 12 to 1 is the class, and then uh, 1 to 2 is the, the rolling. But I think we're going to actually make the uh, the combat conditioning time on Friday. It's going to be another jiu-jitsu class probably starting January. Okay. So okay, we'll, cool. we'll, we'll probably still have like a whiteboard up or something for people that want to do some conditioning, but we're going to make it another jiu-jitsu class. And okay. And we added the Sunday wrestling class with uh, Jake O'Brien, former state champion, D1 wrestler at Purdue, and UFC fighter. So. Hell fought, yeah. Fought John Jones, came Vasquez. Oh, yeah. That's pretty Hell cool. Yeah, How that's many people really from Indiana can say they fought John Jones? Exactly. Yeah. Not many people. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and he's a great guy, too. So. Yeah, he's super That's cool. Awesome. I remember doing a seminar with him. He's a yeah. super nice guy. That's super cool. He's so giant. then do you participate in those classes? I do. I do. Do you like being a student? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I actually, people ask me a lot of times, why don't you train anymore? Why don't you fight? And, you know, with the Muay Thai and the boxing, obviously... I have to teach, so it's like that's that's my focus, and I'm not young anymore, and I know it. So, you know, I need to focus on the guys coming up, and I enjoy seeing their you know progress and success more than anything now. But it's nice to have the jujitsu and the wrestling here, which is not something I've had a lot of time in, and I'm able to be the student and ask questions and pick brains and learn. So, you know, that's what I always enjoyed when I was young: the training, the you know competitiveness, I think and that's the pushing best yourself. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely, yeah. and and that's. That's the only thing that you miss as a coach sometimes is, you know, that that side of it, especially, be, you know, if you're not jumping in there because you're trying to focus on going around and making sure everybody's getting better and getting mm-hmm. something out of it. You know, it's like you have to take away from yourself a little bit. So having that thing for yourself where it's like, I'm not the coach. So if you want to ask a question, go to him. <laughs> it's actually a great cool. thing. <laughs> Do you ever still train Muay Thai then? Uh, once in a blue moon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, once in a blue moon. We'll get old John Campbell in here and make him hold some pads or, you know, I'll go see Métis here and there when I can and, uh, you know, pick his brain. I always continually write up a list of questions where, hey, I saw this high-level guy that, you know, from like the golden era doing this, what do you think about it? And he'll be like, that's good or this guy does it really well, but I would do it this way. So you kind of really get more of a depth on, you know, you learn the way that guy's doing it and why, but then how Métis would do it and why. So then it's like, okay. There's two ways that I could apply it. This student would be good for this one. This student would be good for this one. Okay. So it helps you as a coach too. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah. it seems it's like it's thing. much more of a coaching question than, yeah. than a versus like your game. I will like say the yeah. little bit I've been able to teach, I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely rewarding seeing people get better and improve. And, and ask questions. Know, and, and especially when I actually have a good answer of 
how did I do this? <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> when you were gone, like, like that last week or whatever, you know, like I, you know, I actually when you asked me, I immediately I set my phone down. I go fuck. What am I gonna <laughs> teach? So I started like thinking about shit, and I was like shadow boxing in the kitchen, and Sarah was like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "She's like, oh, you're thinking about what you're gonna teach." And then that day, you sent me a whole list of shit. I'm like. All right, cool. <laughs> I read it over like 15 times. Well, that's good because Josh messaged me too. He's like, man, I'm so nervous. Like, don't worry. I'm going to write out the whole thing for you. Just relax. Go through yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that was the thing too. I, I, I mean, I saved it in my notes too because it was good for me to like, oh, I know how to do this. I just maybe yeah. didn't think about it, you know. And maybe some of it's even shit that I do. It's just, you know, sometimes in the moment of sparring, you don't necessarily think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. but like Wednesday when we sparred, I thought about some of the fakes and stuff we were doing and some of the things like the like the fake to the kick and the uppercut, you know, oh, yeah. to get people to lead and then hit the leg after that. Absolutely. Because I was landing leg kicks. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, that's when it starts being fun. Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm tricking them. I'm not just like trying yes. to debo them. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I went cool. up to him. He just passed, so. Uh, yeah. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. about Wes because, I mean, okay. I met Wes once, and um, he said nothing but wonderful things about my husband, but that was about all I got. And then every story I got, it was always, Wes is this dirty motherfucker who... (laughs) (laughs) He was was the Mick from Rocky for this gym, definitely. Yeah, the unfiltered version. Yeah. (laughs) Which is saying a huge... I know, it was like, that's saying a lot, (laughs) because... I mean, so you met Wes... Before you said you did the Golden Gloves. No, after. 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 So I had okay. one Gold Gloves, actually just training Muay Thai. Okay. And then that was 2001. So when Métis moved and Big John reopened the gym, he had uh, it became more of a MMA, I'd say, type of zone. We had jiu-jitsu over there. And uh, uh, there was boxing. And Wes ended up coming over with some of his fighters to have a place to spar. And that's where I met him. I think it was 2003. Okay. okay. So then I was starting to think, like, you know, Who's this guy? Obviously, he's an older guy. You know, listening to him teach, like, okay, this guy's been around the game. So it's like my coaches have moved at that point. So I was like, maybe this is somebody I can, you know, learn from and have like, you know, a mentor again. So, you know, we started kind of talking at that gym, and then, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I'd like to learn some of this stuff. So I was constantly like picking his brain, asking him questions, and then, you know, went from there. So. Bunch of years later, we opened a gym together. I was going to say, how did then this come about? Like, how did you guys decide? Well, when Big John had the ring sports, he actually sold it to uh, the guy that owned the Legends of Fighting Championship, oh. which was the big MMA show yep. in Indy at the time. Yeah, uh, eight had, seconds. Yeah, I watched of many of those there. fights. So that guy kind of bought him out. So all the coaches moved over to his spot because he kind of put a gym upstairs at his you know workplace. And we had a cage up there, a ring up there, bags up there, everything, you know, mats. So he was the boxing coach. I was the Muay Thai coach. They had a jiu-jitsu coach. So we were over there coaching and, you know, just kind of stuck together. Well, a few years later, the guy kind of got out of that game but still had the gym. So Wes and I were like, well, hey, can we lease this spot from you? And we did that for a year before we came to our current location where we, you know, opened up on our own. So What year did you open this? I think it was 2010. Okay. Okay. I was so, like, oh, that's not that long ago. And I'm like, oh, it's 20 You know what? Like, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because, like I said, I've been here eight years. And I'm like, see, this gym was only open two years when I found it. Yeah. This yeah. is interesting. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's neat to put that in perspective because I, I, I think about how long I've been here. And I'm like, shit, man. Like, and Ian's been doing it like three times longer than I 
It feels like it too. <laughs> yeah. So, because that's interesting. Because I say, I, I now I do the boxing because my my boxing is trash. And uh, <laughs> I love it when Ian goes, yeah, no, <laughs> it's not good. I mean, well, because I do Muay Thai all the time, so oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't do you know the, the hand thing versus you know if it's Muay Thai guy versus a boxing guy, sure. But when I try to box with a boxing guy, it's just a, it's just you know yeah, Connor versus game. Mayweather, different, different game. game. So. You know, but it's interesting to be a part of both classes to see that, like, you're very technical in both boxing and the Muay Thai. You don't teach one haphazardly and then one... Yeah. Like you've been doing it for 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Because you said you 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 won Golden Gloves before you did boxing, which which I'm told that Golden Gloves is pretty much cardio. But... (laughs) It can be, at least at the... the, the But but at that level, you know, you know what I'm saying? But, like... And then you met Wes later on, and then you adapted his skills on top of what you already had. And because some of the, the shit you show in boxing is the shit you show in Muay Thai. Oh yeah, you know all the not. dips and moving out of the way, and some of the turns and stuff. It's like man, I never do fucking that. Never, I never yeah. do that. I see, like I said, I saw guys Wednesday trying to do that shit. You know, because they did boxing a lot, and they try to dip out of the way. And I'm like, no, yeah, answer. exactly, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I tell the guys too. Like, is your focus going to be more Muay Thai or MMA? Versus boxing because the stance is so different. You know what I mean it's, for each one. Well, how how do you? Because because you know I I mean I like MMA. I, think I it's mean fun. it's the same in that you are standing. But <laughs> yeah, right. So how do you typically differentiate strict Muay Thai versus like MMA guys that come in here? So if I'm going to change the style a lot of times, um, it, you know, as they learn, starting off, I won't really do it that much different. Um, I will have the guys maybe bend just a little bit more, but I still want the lead foot straight. I don't want it turned in too much so they can still check kicks. That's still going to be part of the game. But they also have to think about, you know, sprawling versus not sprawling with the takedowns, you know. So it's a a thing where if they're training everything, the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling, eventually, you know, you're going to be able to have comfortable enough to where, okay, are, are you able to defend takedowns really well to where you can have more of a traditional stance and, and you understand distance now, like maybe like an Adesanya versus, you know, whoever or he's going to or somebody like yeah, that. Yeah, Bryson is a heavy wrestler. Yeah, stay outside and hit yeah. and move. And then if they do get in, how are you going to change the game to, you know, defending the takedown versus like, you know, does this guy really not know what he's doing to where I don't want him up too straight. So if a guy shoots, you know, he's not completely out yeah. of position and put on his back, especially if he doesn't have the jujitsu to play from there, you know, just which if you're doing MMA, Welcome to 2020. You need to. You yeah. Know, yeah. So do you think, um, especially since you've been training jiu-jitsu and all that stuff, that it's helped a lot as far as seeing perspective or is it always? No, I, I've had, I, you know, like I said, I've, I've had quite an idea of it because I've been watching it for years. And I know where the game's different, you know. I mean, so I know, you know, of course, you know, having even Shamar trained with me before when he fought in the UFC. Bailey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he, he was a wrestler and a lot of the way he would do takedowns, it was easy to adapt from a Muay Thai thing or or punching to where he would like to do takedowns, you know, it's just one of those things where he was already in the UFC, so you wish he had more time to, like, get him that understanding and the comfort with it before he had to go fight in, like, two weeks. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's, like, already you're at the highest level, and now you got to apply it with – you're just learning it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but seeing that, that, that was a good thing for me in terms of, like, seeing how he flowed from level changes and be like, okay – this will work with you. This will be good for you. 
and you know drilling it in here at work just you know like I say once again you just have to have the time to make it a habit and comfortable for him okay. which we didn't really have I'd say but <laughs> did he always come in two weeks before and was like hey I gotta fight <laughs> no it's just it'd just be one of those things where I think uh, you know he kind of had his game at that time okay and, and he you know, that was his A game so that would that's what he wanted to rely on and I, I don't think we really had enough time to you know put in the strike before he got comfortable with it to really make it a part of his style versus something he was trying in fights. You know what I mean? That's not... You want to know what you're doing in fights yeah. and have your game, not be trying... You try to, stuff in the gym. You don't yeah. try in the fight. Yeah, but so. when you're already signed, you know, you can't fight for any organi- organization other than UFC. You mm-hmm. can't be, you know... So it is what it is at that point. You know, you you do with, you know, what you can with what you have, so... Yeah, <laughs> okay. Cool. So what's, uh, what's in future talks? Do you have any future... I know... I know 2020 has been kind of a shit show. It has. And, and that we've, we've been kind of like, just like, we just want to fucking stay open, you know? <laughs> exactly. A lot of people have been like that recently, but, I mean, 2021 has got to be better, right? That, yeah. That's the hope, you know? Hopefully, uh, you know, they get some things figured out to where everybody's comfortable, you know, doing this kind of stuff. There's not threats of shutdowns all the time and everything else. And, uh, you know, I'd say we're fortunate to where we are open and we're, you know, we're doing pretty well right now. We'd like to add a little bit here, and uh, you know I think the plan is uh, getting another spot at some point. So that's that's kind of the goals. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in a year. We'll see. But uh, it's something that we're definitely kind of starting to kind of look into and figure out where it's going to make sense and go from there. Yeah, I. So I, another location in addition to this one, or yeah, just yeah, have, you don't want to be spots. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I want a I was cage. Like, Please, no, this is Can we home. get a cage in one of them? <laughs> yeah. There's so, one outside. We'll I've told you. Yeah, There's there one you outside. It's I, I mean, honestly, though, like I, I, I like doing. I mean, especially since you had all the damn mats. Yeah. It's so much easier to do things now. I mean, I remember when we first started, it was like training on sand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely old school. That's how I, I started. I, I remember, like, people, when they first walk in here and they'd start kicking, they'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, why is my foot missing? Calluses. Yeah. That's it's what fun. that's called, you know? That's I remember, part of the yeah. fun. You couldn't sweep anybody unless you were in the ring because yeah. it was pure. It was it was carpet on top of concrete. concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, motherfuckers hey, walking in this gym. Show. Yeah, right? <laughs> Motherfuckers walking in this gym now do not understand oh, the yeah. struggle exactly. of, of when it was, you'd have it on 68, yeah. but the floor would be 58, yeah, and man. your toes would be like froze. Like, yeah, they've got it easy now, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, oh, man. We made some improvements. So, possibly new location one of these days and keeping this one. I mean, I don't know. I like this spot. I really, oh, yeah. like, I really like I, I like how rustic it is. And I how, love it. You know, I think you've done a really good job with you're always moving shit around and renovating and trying to make things work better. And I think the way you have it set up now, you've got kind of the boxing separate from the Muay Thai, and you've also got fucking so much mat space now. Yeah. So fucking much. And the mats are amazing. They're great. Yeah. You know, and you even have a visitor section. Nobody can visit right now, but you have a visitor yeah. section. Well, and that's the thing. If we get another 20 people, that might be the bag space. Then we might add yeah. mats all the way around the ring. So, yeah. You, know, you never know. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. keep growing. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, busting at the seams ain't, it's a good problem to have, you know? Yeah. So yeah. obviously, it's, it, to me, this is, you know, the academy, and I'd rather have the use of space for people here to train. Yeah. There's not that many people really sitting watching. Yeah. Today, so. I mean, really, we've got, what, five kids, and they all <laughs> drop their parent, the kids off and drive off because they, yeah. <laughs> they want that 45 minutes to fuck or get grocery shopping <laughs> or something, you know? So. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's important, okay? I mean, I mean, I get it. I ain't mad at them, you know? I mean, sometimes you need your space, and 45 minutes two times a week is, is pretty good. So, very cool. All I right. have one last question. Can I ask it? Yay. No, can't. That All was right. your question. <laughs> My question is, is more like, so I know we have Will, um, who got his, he got his belt, which is so fucking cool. When you see older people coming into the gym, and I don't just mean well, I mean like myself, because I will not divulge how old I am, but I mm. will say it's older than 26. <laughs> so where, what do you think, like, if they, if they want to come in and they have aspirations of fighting, what is your first thought? So for like, for like boxing and Muay Thai. Muay Thai, yeah. So Muay, Muay, Thai, boxing, yeah, Muay Thai. That, that's where it's, like I said, um... I want to say a little more difficult. Obviously, I'm going to do everything they can. And, and, you know, being realistic is they have to be putting in the work, obviously. You know, they right. have to be showing up constantly because you have to first get in shape. Yes. And you only know absolute basics. Then you have to, you know, if you're going to fight, you have to start sparring and getting comfortable with being in there when somebody's hitting you. And it's not a bag that just stands still for you. Yes. It's not a pad holder that holds for a combo and then doesn't hit you back when they yep. see an opening unless they're told to. You know, so it's like once you get comfortable with that, the the thing is for me, you know, a lot of things I, I try to watch. Like if they're comfortable and they're getting better, then obviously for me, no problem. Okay. Because I feel like with my style, especially if they have more like the technician style, they're going to be able to like not get hit so much and fight smart to where they're probably not going to get hurt. So as long as they can learn how to do that, they're going to be fine. But, you know, depending on the person, you know, and also the age, are they... 31 versus 38 or 39 you know what okay. i mean because 39 it's like okay you know if we can get them to i believe they do the masters out there at 40 well at least now you're more of an even playing field yes. and that's a big difference whereas if you're 34 and just starting then you still have to fight 19 20 year olds that maybe have the same time and nothing yeah. to do but train yeah so we have to get i'm not going to say just prepared but i'm going to say even over prepared to where i want your mind understanding how to play the game to where even if they're coming at you hard you know how to shut it down as much as possible where to play you know because then you're not going to get caught up in their game per se and the more you know and that comes with putting enough time in here sparring to where we can talk about those things make those adjustments here so once you get out there it's like okay this this person's rushing at me with punches what should i be doing here and then, you know, then you start seeing, as long as you're, you know, in, in real fight shape too, if you play the game, you start, you know, noticing, okay, I kept the first round even, maybe I was able to out kick them or out kind of play them in the second round. It's like, man, now all of a sudden they're so aggressive. I see them getting tired in that last round, but now we're able to actually go in and take advantage of it to maybe either get a stoppage just because the people mentally quit and then, you know, want to take a knee or whatever because they know they're gassed and they're right. like, man... In their mind, they don't know what time's left in the round because they're newer too, and, okay. and and they might just quit altogether because mm -hmm. they think that it's not going to stop, you know, or at least get a knockdown to where you kind of push yourself to the win. Versus if you're not really at that level yet, you know, if you haven't put in the amount of time to where 
you know, you're comfortable getting hit so you can make those reads and adjustments in the fight or maybe you're not in, you know, actual fight shape yet where I'd want people to where they know, okay, I've put in this much work. I'm going to step my game up because I didn't come here to lose. I mean, it's like just those little things you do here will help you win out there type of thing. You know what I mean? And that's something that if you have any doubt, like, you know, and I've been there too. We've been in fights for like, man, you remember that one Monday I said, you know what? I'm just going to eat this ice cream instead of run. That, that comes back to you when you fight. You know what I mean? Those yeah. little doubts. And that's that can be the difference between winning and losing because everything's mental. You know, I, I make the joke sometimes in here. It's 90% mental and the rest is in your head because it's all in your head. You know yeah. what I mean? Because if you can go, you know what? I can pick it up here or I can push back or I can make them miss and then counter or whatever it is. And then they start feeling like they're falling out of their game. You see people, once they lose their confidence or once they get tired, how much their mind can switch. And even if you're both tired sometimes and you don't show it and you see yeah. them doing it, all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I feel good again. Like, oh, they're tired. Yeah, you're you, right. And you forget you're tired. And then you don't feel tired anymore because your mind said, oh, I can win this. You know what I mean? So you, it's, it's so much mental. But getting that experience, like I say, especially early on, if you're starting late, it's so important to me if you really, really put the time in the gym and dedicate, you know, 100%, you know, and, 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 even 90% sometimes isn't enough because you do good, you get in shape, you're running and everything, but just that little bit of that next level to where you can go, ah, oh, that makes sense. And now I see maybe this little advantage I have, you know, in the fight. If you can tell yourself that, that, that can be enough to push yourself to win versus if you think, man, it's just not quite working or you doubt yourself a little bit, it's easy to shut yourself down, you know, and I think that's so important for, like I say, First time fighters, especially if they're older too, to like kind of cross those hurdles here. Okay. So that way when they go there, they already kind of know, like, I've already been in this situation. It's like, you know, the first time when you're a kid, you get stung by a bee, you scream and cry a lot. Then as you get older, it's like, it's just annoying. You know, it's yeah. like, it's not that big of a deal though. Yeah. So same thing, you know, you get in there and it's like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I lost that round, but I see this. I know if I do this, this next round, and now all of a sudden you swing the momentum in the second round, and if they start falling off, now it's easy to pick it up and push. You know what I, mean? I think okay. every fight that you've ever cornered me for, you've always said, he's more tired than you are, I guarantee it. And then I go, he is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I do better. You that, know? That's the thing is, you know, you get so focused on the other person. Are, yes. are they tired? Are they not? Are they going hard? You know, don't worry. You know, they're tired too. Everybody's they're just a person tired. too. Yeah. 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 Nobody's, nobody's, uh, nobody's invincible. Yeah. That's the one thing about the sport. It's like, you know, you, you hear about like Hollywood stars and things like that. You think, oh, they're 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 really up there. They're not real. And then like I've met like UFC fighters, and Bellator fighters, and stuff like that. And I'm like, they're literally just a fucking human being like I am. You Absolutely. know, it puts a lot of shit in perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, I have so many more questions, but I will hold off until the next interview. And then <laughs> yeah, we can do it again. We'll do part two. We'll see each other. Well, uh, we've got plenty of bourbon left, so. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we'll end it on that. And uh, thank you for uh, for talking no, to us. Cheers. Thank you. All right. Cheers.